after all the media announced Trump's victory, Trump's uh, victory, uh, DeSantis's campaign released this statement to the press. DeSantis' campaign statement on the media's election interference. The DeSantis campaign releases the following statement. It is absolutely outrageous that the media would participate in election interference by calling the race before tens of thousands of Iowans even had the chance to vote. The media is in the tank for Trump. <laughs> and this is the most egregious example yet. The silent majority is no longer silent. silent. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Are you concerned that Trump might be elected again? I, I think it's very likely. Mm. And if it, it happens, it is likely to be the kind of like the, the death blow to what remains of the global order. And he says it, and he says it openly. Now, again, it should be clear that many of these politicians, they present a false dichotomy, a false binary vision of the world, as if you have to choose between patriotism and globalism, between being loyal to your nation and being loyal to some kind of, I don't know, global government or whatever. said is a blow or did he say a death blow to the new world order and what is the new world order you the individual your sovereignty your rights your prosperity your ability to move freely gone 
and a corporate world government put in place controlling the means of production, controlling the means of speech, controlling the means of consumption, and controlling your life. That's their goal. So Trump getting elected being a death blow to that new world order, that's good news. But of course, the reason why that really represents a death to the new world order, it's not just Donald Trump as a figurehead of a populist movement in the United States of America. It's the people of the United States of America rejecting their corporate propaganda, rejecting their corporate global government policy, rejecting all their attacks against Donald Trump, against Trump's voters, trying to shame us away from our heart, our soul, our vote. Their, their ability to control our mind and control our thoughts and then control our fate us voting for Donald Trump is a representation of that control waning. And so make no mistake about it, Donald Trump's historic and record victory last night in Iowa is a major, blow black, uh, major blowback to the New World Order. But not just that. The Chinese stock market is tanking today. Isn't it amazing? Did anybody expect any other result from last night? I mean, I guess so. We told you right here Trump would win with a simple majority. We were right again. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. And it is the day after a historic record-breaking victory for Donald J. Trump in Iowa last night. Now, we predicted accurately right here uh, within just a few percentage points the exact results of last night's Iowa caucus. Most importantly, Trump winning a simple majority, which was a record. And he was one vote away. It's uh, kind of a little 2020 shenanigans all over again. He was one vote away from securing all 99 counties, but then right at like 1 a.m., some vote flipped for Haley, and then she got one county. So almost a total sweep, which would have been unheard of. But the results have sent shockwaves yet again through the media. It's an odd state of denial that the American media is still in. And I guess that's because they are pathological liars, meaning they believe their own bullcrap. They go to their bathroom and they drop a hot steaming Hillary. And then they actually think it's a filet mignon steak and take a bite into it. And then, oh, this tastes like, this tastes like Hillary. It's like, yeah, well, that is a Hillary. You can call it a filet, but that's, that's still a steaming pile of Hillary. So they were stunned. And we're going to go over some of these results. Let, let me just... Get something, a little programming announcement here. Since we are 294 days away from the election, the most important election in American history, it'll determine the future of this country, obviously, in ways we can't even imagine. Alex has made a decision. We're going to be changing up our show format just a little bit. The opening segment will now be a 25-minute segment. So you'll be noticing now, you may have noticed it on the Alex Jones show today, the first 
hour, in the first half of the first hour, we're going to have a long-form segment. So we'll still run some promos and some ads. we got to pay some bills. But because the next 294 days are so important, we are extending our live coverage every day. So we're basically adding about 15 to 20 minutes of live transmission every day to our three live shows, the American Journal in the morning, the Alex Jones Show, and here on the War Room. So I wanted to let you know that. So if you if you start to notice that, that's now cooked into the cake. The information is so important for the next 294 days till the election. We're extending the time for our live shows. Now, considering that, we're going to get to a lot of the response, the flopping and fail, flailing of the American media last night. They can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, we've got some hilarious moments. Nikki Haley lost because apparently she's a brown woman. And so I guess as uh, I guess as somebody they would call white, you know what? You can have her. You can go ahead and have Nikki Haley. We won't sweat that one. But that was news to all of us. We're going to get some responses from Trump as well. We'll play Vivek's speech after dropping out and endorsing Trump. And I'm pretty sure this is I don't know if this has hit the press yet, but Vivek is going to be in New Hampshire now rallying with Donald Trump. So that's big. That's big. Very excited for that. And so, see, this is why Vivek's campaign was so important. Now this moves Trump's policies and rhetoric closer to where it needs to be. Because Vivek is now going to hit the Trump campaign and say the same things he's been saying on his campaign. That is huge. And when you go and you look at the results, I didn't send this to the crew, but they can go to like NBC News Live Iowa Caucus results. Who did the best with the youth vote last night? It was Vivek Ramaswamy. And, and really, it was voters under 45. Vivek had the most success with voters under 45. With first-time voters, or I think the age bracket was 17 to 25 maybe, Vivek was the best. So that's huge. That is, a, that is a category of voter that the Republicans have always struggled with. And Vivek has now brought them in to the Republican Party and will now bring them into the Trump campaign. And when you think about a first-time voter liking Vivek Ramaswamy and voting for Vivek Ramaswamy because he wants to abolish all of these federal bureaucracies, it gives you a little hope. It gives you a little hope. But more importantly, it brings that youth vote over to Donald Trump. Now, let's look at some of these headlines. Immediately after, immediately after Donald Trump won the Iowa caucus, which, by the way, in fact... Let's just play this first. Pretty much as soon as it started at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central here at Austin, they announced it for Trump. Now, again, I don't know. Of course, it was going to go this way. There was no surprise there. But here's Jake Tapper. Right after they take their Iowa caucus coverage live, here's Jake Tapper in clip 15. 
CNN projects that Donald Trump will win the Iowa caucuses. Oh. CNN can make this projection based on his overwhelming lead in our entrance poll of Iowa caucus goers and some initial votes that are coming in. The former president pulling off a huge early victory in his bid to return to the White House. Trump easily defeating his top opponents, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, who are now in a high stakes fight for second place. Let's go to Aaron Burnett at the panel. Aaron, uh, not a surprise, but still, this is the earliest I can remember ever calling such a thing. Earliest they can ever remember calling such a thing, as if it was a mystery. Now, we'll talk about DeSantis and Haley's response here momentarily. The DeSantis campaign, this is really tragic. It really is. I, I don't, it's like, I, I like having a deep depth chart. I'd like, I'd like us to have Governor DeSantis from 2020 and 2021, but it seems like that DeSantis is now... A, a thing of the past after all the media announced Trump's victory Trump's uh, victory uh, DeSantis's campaign released this statement to the press DeSantis campaign statement on the media's election interference the DeSantis campaign releases the following statement it is absolutely outrageous that the media would participate in election interference by calling the race before tens of thousands of Iowans even had the chance to vote the media is in the tank for Trump. <laughs> and this is the most egregious example yet from communications director Andrew Romeo of the DeSantis campaign. Talk about a fall from grace. Now, if you want to say you got a problem with them calling it early, I suppose that's one thing. But it was over. It was over that early. It was over before it started. It was about as over as when the Harlem Globetrotters tip off against the uh, Washington Metropolitans. Pretty safe to bet that the Globetrotters are going to win. So if I go, hey, the Globetrotters are going to win tonight, oh, people aren't going to go to the game anymore. Well, we'll get more into the responses, but the earliest they've ever called it. So... As soon as Trump wins, the Chinese stock market takes a hit. China's stock market is in free fall immediately after Trump's victory. Beijing tells some investors not to sell as Chinese stock route resumes. So I guess they know that Trump's tough on China policy, trying to level the playing field with China. You can see because the Bidens are owned by China. Trump is not, so the investors in China know damn well what's going on there, and they are dumping stock. But speaking of money, speaking of stock, there's an untold story from last night. There's an untold loser from last night that isn't getting enough attention, and that is Rana McDaniel. Rana McDaniel is beyond an abysmal failure as the head of the RNC. She might even be outright corrupt or against Donald Trump. Now, why do I say this? We have the stories at Breitbart. We have the numbers spent in Iowa. DeSantis and Haley spent $72 million combined in Iowa to play second and third. So Haley, $37 million. DeSantis, $35 million. Now, Haley completely evaporated her, her chest. DeSantis still has a pretty large war chest. Uh, Haley evaporated hers trying to win this. So Haley went all in. DeSantis still has a little bit left. Haley is going to pick up a lot more funding heading into New Hampshire with Chris Christie's people. 
and then into South Carolina after that. We'll get more into that momentarily. But imagine such a lack of leadership at the RNC from the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, that she allowed them to spend $72 million $72 million for a guaranteed loss. And it'll be hundreds of more millions in the upcoming days because DeSantis is not going to drop out, which, by the way, this is it for Ron DeSantis. He's done. It's a shame. I don't want to... I, I don't like seeing DeSantis fall from grace. I don't like seeing DeSantis end his own political career by taking bad advice and cozying up with the the establishment political class. But that's what he's done now, and his career is shot. When DeSantis finished second last night, he had a chance to save his political career. He could have taken his second-place finish and said, I gave it a shot, Trump stomped my ass, spent a lot of money, I'm done. But he didn't do it. He came out and he basically declared victory and said he's not dropping out. So if DeSantis would have dropped out last night and endorsed Donald Trump, he would have still had a political future. I'm not sure I see a political future for Ron DeSantis anymore. He should he should have just endorsed Trump, dropped out, gone back to being the governor of Florida. But instead, I think he's now put the dirt over his own casket by declaring victory last night and saying he's not going to drop out. So, so how long do you take this, Ron? How far are you going to take this? You're going to lose in New Hampshire. You're going to lose in, North, in South Carolina. And, and you're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars doing it. And there's Ronna McDaniel. Ronna McDaniel should be telling, fine, you want to go to Iowa and see what happens, fine. Ronna McDaniel should be making a statement saying, the Republican Party needs to get behind Donald Trump. The money that Haley and DeSantis have needs to go towards anti-Democrat ads, anti-Biden ads, so that we can defeat the Democrats in 2024 and maybe even take the House and the Senate. Wouldn't that be strategic? Wouldn't that be smart? But Ronna McDaniel, she ain't doing it. She has no vision. She has no leadership skills. She's completely incompetent, if not outright corrupted, when she is going to let them spend hundreds of millions of dollars for guaranteed losses. Now, Haley's going to stick around at least till South Carolina. That's the state where she's from. So she's not going anywhere after New Hampshire either. But if Haley doesn't drop out after losing to Trump in South Carolina, then that's just embarrassing. Now, I could see New Hampshire being closer than Iowa. South Carolina, I, I, I don't know. Trump may get a simple majority in South Carolina as well. New Hampshire might be closer, so they figure, well, let's see if we can increase our numbers in New Hampshire. Won't matter. If you can't see at this point that Trump is the nominee for the Republican Party, if you can't see at this point that Trump is the leader of this populist movement, if you can't see at this point that Trump has the voters, he hasn't lost them, the record votes he got in 2020, then you have no vision, you're in denial of reality, and you're about to let... DeSantis and Haley, and a lot of this is super PAC money, a lot of this is big donor money, and you're about to let them spend hundreds of millions of dollars in a guaranteed loser. You are, about, you are about to let your friend bet on the Washington Senators or the Washington Metropolitans against the Harlem Globetrotters. A guaranteed loss. 
a guaranteed loss, and, and Ronna McDaniel is going to let him do it. Instead of taking that money to run anti-Dem ads and try to get victories in 2024. So there's your untold loser, untold story of the night. Now, Trump went with absolute class, and he had this to say after his victory, talking about his opponents in clip four. I want to thank you very much. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a good a good time together. We're all having a good time together. And uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. We don't even know what the outcome of second place is. And uh, I see Gary Lake. Congratulations, Gary. Very good. I spotted her, I have to announce, because she's terrific. She's going to be a senator, a great senator, I predict, right? You're going to be a great senator. And uh, I also want to congratulate Vivek, because he did a hell of a job. He came from uh, zero, and he's uh, got a big percent, probably 8%, almost 8%, and that's a, an amazing job. They all did. They're all very smart, very smart people, very capable people. So that was a very classy way, and it was kind of, you know, that's one of the things I think that rubbed some conservatives wrong is just how brash he was all the time. And so for him to go out and congratulate them like that, that was a class move, a smart move, very diplomatic move, very polished move, and really a feel-good moment, I think, for, for everybody. Now, he wasn't so easy on Joe Biden, so here's what he had to say about... Joe Biden in clip 12. So I don't want to be overly uh, rough on the president, but I have to say that he is the worst president that we've had in the history of our country. Yeah. He's destroying our country. No, he's right. Vivek Ramaswamy suspends 2024 presidential campaign and endorses Trump, and he will be on the campaign trail with Trump in New Hampshire. We'll see how far and, and long that goes. But see, that was smart. And not only was it smart for Vivek, even though I'd, I'd like to see him continue his campaign, now that he's hopefully going to be joining the Trump campaign, at least for the foreseeable future, I think it was a smart move by Vivek. And it really exposes DeSantis and Haley for the selfish establishment hacks that they've become. Haley, 100%, this woman is just complete garbage. Uh, DeSantis just taking the political fall from grace. Very unfortunate. And so you want to talk about how delusional Nikki Haley is. Listen to what she says after her third place finish. I, I think somebody wrote the speech for her and then forgot to edit it. And she's reading off the teleprompter here. Uh, listen to what she says after her third place finish in clip six. I can safely say. Tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Hmm. Hmm. Wait, you know what? Let me see that one more time, guys. I'm not sure I really got that. Give it to one more time. I can safely say, tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Hmm. Huh. 
I'm not exactly sure what she means by that. Either she made a gaffe and her speechwriters made a gaffe, or she's insinuating that Trump isn't going to be there in the end. I'm not really sure exactly. Talk about embarrassment from Nikki Haley. But what do you expect from the establishment hack? And then uh, this was good news. This was good news for whites. Good news for whites all over America today. Uh, Joy Reid, listen to what she has to say about Nikki Haley. I mean, this woman is such a clown. The fact she gets paid millions of dollars to be on TV is criminal. Listen to this in clip 11. New Hampshire. And I think to the point that you made, Steph, I mean, it's the elephant in the room. Mm. She's still a brown lady. Oh. That's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant and which accepts the notion that you can say immigrants are poisoning the blood of our country. She's getting, no, you know, birthered by Donald Trump. Somebody needs to fix um, And I don't care how much the donor class likes her, which will ramp up a lot, the better she does in New Hampshire. So it's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Well, that, you're right about that. She has no chance with Trump around. He's, he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal so, to white so people. To, uh, to, the, to the whites out there, Haley's not one of us, says Joy Reid. She uh, broke that news. Okay, but in a more serious moment, here's Tucker Carlson exposing Nikki Haley in clip 13. Republicans are conservatives, but from committed Democratic partisans. Anti-civilization activist Reid Hoffman, for example, is a major Haley supporter. Reid Hoffman is the founder of LinkedIn. He's a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's. He was a visitor to Pedo Island, in fact. He's also the guy who funded E. Jean Carroll's sexual assault case against Donald Trump. Reid Hoffman is a Democratic mega donor. In 2020, he gave a million dollars to David Brock's American Bridge Pack. That's a group designed to physically harass Republican candidates. Hoffman's money has also helped to prop up the authoritarian governor of California, Gavin Newsom, as well as many others on approximately the same team. So you know exactly who he is. What's interesting is this cycle, Reed Hoffman is all in on Nikki Haley. Well, so I guess that tells you who Nikki Haley is. But she gets third place and says it's a two-person race now. So she's confused, and then Joy Reid is confused as well. I guess Nikki Haley's a brown woman. See, we don't see skin color actually on the Republican side of the aisle. That's a Democrat thing. Here's some other things. Democrat... Governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, says Iowa showed the weakness of Donald Trump. Can you imagine being so delusional as a liberal? Can you imagine being so in denial as a Democrat? The weakness of Donald Trump? He had a record victory. He almost swept every county. Maybe there were some shenanigans, but nonetheless, he almost swept every county. And then he gives a almost perfect Post-victory speech from the capital of Iowa to a massive crowd. And J.B. Pritzker says it shows the weakness of Donald Trump. Hmm. Well, for once the Democrats aren't on message, here's Adam Schiff. He says Trump's victory is a stark reminder of Trump's dominance over the Republican Party. Oh, so Pritzker says he's weak. Schiff says he's dominant. They don't know anything. And the central threat he poses to our democracy as they're trying to take him off the ballot as they're rigging elections. And he says, we need to make sure he never steps foot in the Oval Office again. So Trump's a threat to democracy, but we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that you can't vote for him. But 
Trump's the threat to democracy. And then they publish stories in NBC News saying, yep, we're going to use the military to uh, stage a coup against Donald Trump, even if the people elect him. So there you go. We got more on this. We're going to have Vivek's post-speech. Uh, Rachel Maddow had uh, an incredible meltdown. <laughs> a historic meltdown, even, if you will. All that and so much more coming up on the InfoWars War Room. Brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. Shop at InfoWarsStore.com. It's your support there that keeps us on the air. All right, we've now got Kirk Elliott in studio. we got a lot of news to talk about, financial news. And there's a story here that I know he's going to love. KEPM.com slash gold for all your precious metal needs. Go to Kirk Elliott or call 720-605-3900 and he will get you set up. You don't want to keep your money in the bank these days. I shouldn't have to explain that to you, but... I, I saw this story, and I knew you would like this. Don't jump out of your seat with excitement, but you probably already know this. Gold hits all-time record high as central banks bought 800 tons in 2023. So, okay, gold hits an all-time high. Banks are buying it up. Russia's stockpiling on gold. China's stockpiling on gold. They want to have a new gold-backed currency that's kind of a little bit of what BRICS is about. Where do you see gold going versus the U.S. dollar? Well, as the dollar starts to crater, it takes more of that devalued currency to buy any good or service, right? So here's where it gets really interesting because gold and silver are things. Things go up with inflation. So let's just say you're China. Sorry. You have to be China in this example. I'll take it. Yeah, you take I it. Understand. And you're and you're selling, selling stocks. Yeah, and you're <laughs> selling us all kinds of stuff and all the junk that fills up every Walmart in the world and say, okay, America, we're selling you all this stuff and you're paying us in this devalued currency. What we're we're losing money every single day. So we're going to require more of your junk currency to buy our valuable goods and services. So therefore, inflation is is simply an increase in the money supply and rising prices are just a symptom of that. So as the dollar continues to devalue, meaning they're going to print more of it, um, you're going to see everything that's transacted in dollars cost more. So gold and silver should absolutely go through the roof because of that. Um, you've also got what else does gold and silver do? They act as a flight for quality. So as things continue to erode, the stock market, the bond market, real estate, mutual funds, whatever, and people start to operate and I don't know what's real anymore. I, I'm afraid that my money in the bank isn't going to be there. I'm afraid of a bank run. I'm afraid, you know, just afraid, afraid, afraid. People start to go to flight for quality. They will go into something that makes sense. They'll go into something that's real. So you've got two factors happening right now in 2024 for gold. Number one is, is the fear factor, so to speak, people are afraid that everything that they've known for, for decades of investing is, is kind of eroding right underneath their nose. You've also got massive amounts of demand as central banks. I mean, that story that you just told absolutely a hundred percent true. When, when central banks around the world, Owen have poo pooed gold and silver forever. It's like, it's an ancient relic. It's risky. Why would anybody want that? Blah, blah, blah. But yet, on the other hand, they are buying it not by the ounce well, yeah, or by the pound. Yeah, it seems like deception, right? Yeah. It's like they know that they're lying to you. Yeah, they're buying it by the hundreds or thousands of tons. Right? So, so you look at how much how much gold does China have? Their central bank. 
well, over 5,000 tons. How much gold does, does Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and India have? Well, over 600 tons each. What about Russia? 1,000 tons. What about the European Central Bank? 10,500 tons. What about the Fed? 8,500 tons. That's, we're not talking about ounces. We're talking about tons of gold. And to what end? Right? Because if they're, if they're saying, well, central bank digital currency is the wave of the future, we can, we can manipulate the economy by printing money to stimulate it, by shrinking the money supply to slow it down. We can use interest rates. But yet they know in the end that something might not be the way that they want it to be, meaning the public is going to have outcry over their new monetary system that they're bringing to the table, which is central bank digital currency, the ability to cut you off from buying or selling if they don't like your ideology. So if, if in the end they don't like that, people don't like that, they're going to go to gold. And they, the BRICS nations, for example, want to be the world's reserve currency. They absolutely want and that's to. what they're going for. They're really gaining a lot of momentum in that endeavor. Huge. Well, this is where January 1st, so just a couple weeks ago, was a big moment for the BRICS nations. Because you go back to August, you go back to the BRICS meeting that they had in South Africa, and, and Putin was spouting off. And he said, ah, we're going to de-dollarize the world. It's our objective. It's irreversible. This is what we're going to do. So... Come January 1st, two weeks ago, they added Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates. I mean, six of the nine largest oil producers in the world. They, and well, and now that we're not producing oil, it's an even it's an even bigger blow to our financial well-being. Well, yeah, because who does this help? Who does this policy help? It helps the BRICS nations with six out of the nine largest oil producers in the world. Who does it hurt? Europe and America, who are not oil independent we're dependent on foreign oil so so then when when they added iran iran did had this flexing moment where they said hey uh brics nations we're, we're your newest members we're going to flex a little bit and show how good we are so they they coerced opec maybe or coaxed them to say hey cut production when you cut production of oil it causes the price to go up and who's the net beneficiary of that the BRICS nations, not us. We're going to have to pay more, and they're going to be the recipient of all of that. So, And Biden, with his energy policy, cutting off production of energy and then selling our reserves essentially to China to try to lower the prices. Yeah. I mean, he's he's our strategic oil reserve is basically zero. What is that for? That's for times of war. Well, man, yeah. we're entering into a war cycle. Multiple. <laughs> yeah. and And he got rid of it. So now it's been, and why did he get rid of it? So they wouldn't have to buy oil at higher prices. So he kept using what they have to keep inflation artificially low. Now they have to replenish it at these high prices. And, and the East, China, and the BRICS nations have got to be saying, sweet, we got them. Because they're so dumb with their monetary policy. Or are they dumb? Well, I Biden is definitely dumb, but I think he's compromised. I mean, he, the Chinese own his ass. They, they do, and I don't actually don't think that they're dumb. I think that they're evil. There's a difference between being dumb and being evil. I think they want the system to collapse so they can usher in their new monetary system, which, which uh, you know, you, you've got the World Economic Forum is meeting right now, this week, as we speak, to talk about what? What are they going to be talking about there? I, my speculation is 
they're talking about the new monetary system that they're going to be initiating. How do you get that? How do you get something that nobody in the world in their right mind should want because it cuts you off from buying or selling if they don't like you? And that's anti-freedom. Well, you create a crisis that's so bad. So I bet they're going to be talking about what's the next pandemic that we're going to unleash on the earth to get people operating out of so much fear that they'll say, yeah, we'll, we'll take your new monetary and what system. What is their play against the BRICS? Because I, I you know, these these Western power groups have always assumed they're going to have the out the, the the authority moving forward. But BRICS is clearly postured against them. They can try to collapse the West financially, collapse America financially and say you're going into this central bank digital currency. But the BRICS system is going to be operating on its own. What do they do then? Well, this is this is the uh, the big problem that we're faced with. I, I don't Probably war is what they do. Well, when people, when government, governments, countries, when they run out of money, war is the ultimate end result. It, it always is. Wars are usually financial instruments. To, and so we're looking at political, geopolitical, economic, social chaos coming out of this. And you've got, you've got the Middle East now. Oil is going to go through the roof because you've got Israel and Hamas. Now you've got Yemen. You've got all these problems that are starting to fester, right? And you've got China and Taiwan, you know, kind of um, even more mayhem starting to happen in the South China Sea. You've got Ukraine and Russia. You've got political chaos here. This is what? Fear, 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 fear. People tend to give away their freedoms in, in light of We've fear. We've got a bunch of news on that coming up as well, but we're going to get into the deficit. We're going to get into bank layoffs and so much more here. Don't go anywhere. Kirk Elliott is my guest. KEPM.com slash gold is the website. All right. Where do you want to begin here? Kirk Elliott with me in studio. KEPM.com slash gold. If you're looking for something safe with your savings, you don't trust the banks. You want to get it into precious metals. KEPM.com slash gold. The deficit, the bank layoffs, the interest rates, which I think you called that the last time you were in here with me you said no they they probably won't cut them and they basically just came out and said no we're not going to cut them so uh bad news for americans uh wh where do you want to begin here let's talk about the debt i mean i think that's the achilles heel of our economy well biden said he he, he lowered the debt even though everybody knows he didn't i i don't even understand how he could say and, such and, a thing i'm bald and you've got long flowing hair <laughs> on your head <laughs> i mean that's how bad that lie is <laughs> I used to have long flowing hair in my head, but that was 30 years ago. So, so if you look at the debt, $34 trillion, right? So, but it, now the budget is, is getting even squirrelier. So I, if you go to whitehouse.gov, all right, go to table S3 in the budget for 2024, and it gives you the line items of it. So here is a summary table, mandatory expenses. Welfare, Social Security, Women, Infant, Children programs, food stamps, Medicare, Medicare. I'd cut them all, but I guess that's bad. Yeah. So, so, but you look at what that number is: three point nine one six trillion dollars in in that. Now, how much money do it's basically we basically just socialism right there? Yeah, it's it's basically mandatory payments. So, people flip out whenever I say that Social Security is an entitlement. It's not. You pay into it your whole life. 
So therefore, you should expect to get something out of it. But it's a mandatory payment. You can't ever take it back. It's really easy to give. It's really hard to take away when you're dealing with politics, right? So that's never going away. So, well, and haven't they had some issues? And I'm not trying to get you off base, but but haven't they had issues with Social Security a couple times in the last decade, where they're like, we don't even have the money for Social Security, and they have to dip into other departments and print more money just to pay it out? Oh, they've been borrowing from the Social Security Trust Fund for decades. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just so it's it's truly not there. So, so how much do we bring in as a nation in federal tax revenue? It's 4.72 trillion dollars. So we're spending 3.9 on handouts, entitlements, mandatory payments. We bring in 4.7, that's 83% of everything that we bring in goes out to just those things. Now, if you add the interest on our 34 trillion, the interest is 796 billion. That's on their estimates for 2024. It's actually pushing a trillion dollars right now. So you add that up, if you just use their lower numbers, 796 plus 3.9, we're looking at 4.716 in expenses, 4.721 in income. That's 99.8% of all the money we bring in as a nation goes out towards entitlements and interest on our debt. It's mathematically impossible for the country to survive. What about the Department of Defense? What about infrastructure? What about running the country? What about everything else? It's, it's, it's not there. So you start to put the political, economic, social ramifications behind this. And I was talking to Alex about this earlier. Rome fell as a republic when one third of the population of Rome was getting entitlements. We are at 83%. We are buried by the weight of our entitlements. And so it's, it's, it's impossible to ever balance the budget unless they start cutting all of those handouts. Well, politicians are never going to cut that. That's how they get their votes, right? So, so well, and I'm, I'm, just to be clear here, this doesn't even cover the expenses that the illegal immigrant invasion is costing us. No, I was I was talking to a policymaker in Denver, where where I live. Now, the the illegals being shipped in on train, bus, whatever, is now ten to fifteen percent of Denver's entire budget. Ten to fifteen percent to actually cover the services needed to, to bring all these people in. It's like cities, they're, they're not going to know what to do. Well, and think about that in comparison. It's not like 10 to 15% of Denver's population is illegal immigrants. No. So per capita, they're, I mean, they're a high priority. It, I mean, the, these numbers are just mathematically impossible to, to sustain, right? So, so you look at then, well, what is the deficit? Under Biden's plan... We're, the deficit is $1.9 trillion for 2024, meaning we have $1.9 trillion more in expenses than we have income. So, by the way, any other individual or business tried to operate this way, they'd be shut down immediately. The banks would be calling for all their assets and everything. But somehow the U.S. government and the Treasury, just they just do it all the time. They just do it all the time. I mean, if you had year after year after year after year as a family and you're looking at your spouse and saying, I've. <laughs> I'm terrible at managing money um, and uh, we keep spending, you know, all this money more than what we bring in. We're going to have to file for bankruptcy. That's the normal thing that a family would do. That's also true for a country. So what's true for an individual is true for a country. A country does that year after year after year after year when they don't have the reserve currency status, which we have had right. since 1944 with Bretton Woods. We no longer have that, which means 
if you don't have built-in demand for your currency, we're like every other country in the world, Venezuela, Argentina, Cyprus, Greece, Zimbabwe, you name it, where you print more and you spend more than what you make, ultimately your currency collapses. What's true for countries is true for the world. Now, for, for decades, I've been following debt to GDP ratios. How much debt does a country have and what's their gross domestic product? This is an ugly number, right? It's like, if, if you were to go to Vegas, and I would say, hey, Owen, you have a 100% chance of not winning. Would you still want to go? Maybe you want to go for fun, but it's a foolish thing to do. 100% of the time, when a country's debt equals their gross domestic product, their country ceases to exist in its current state. So you either go from a, a, re, a republic or a democracy to a dictatorship or a dictatorship to a democracy, or you change the monetary system. Something big, dr drastic has to change. So I remember back in like 2007, 2008, I was looking at this and we got to 80%. It's like, man, this is getting pretty bad because I know the math. I know history. 100, I mean, we're, we're approaching 100. We've surpassed that. We're now at 123%. But last week, the Bank for International Settlements came out with their projection. By the year 2028, four years from now, 100% um, all the nations in the world will have debt that's equal to GDP or greater. 100%. So what does that mean? System change. Structurally, throughout the entire world, this is where I think central bank digital currency is coming. They're getting rid of paper money. We're getting rid of fiat-based yeah, currency. That's definitely the plan. Yeah, that is the plan. Because it's mathematically impossible to sustain that. I think... Well, I, I know that China's leaders and Russia's leaders are a lot smarter than our leaders. I don't think we have very bright people running our country right now. I mean, you take one look at this clown show. It's pretty obvious. Sometimes uh, you can judge a book by its cover. I think part of the maneuver with the BRICS system is the anticipation that they know our leadership is going to cr crash us financially. And they're basically posturing themselves to be upright when that happens. I agree. Which is why how we started the show with central banks around the world amassing tons of gold. I think they know that there's a system change coming. Central banking as we know it is probably going to die, you know, with fiat-based paper money creation. And, and we can look back to 2000, let me see, I think it was 2008. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at the exact date so I don't misquote. Well, it. don't take too long because we got the national debt uh, calculator I on know. the screen now, it's, and it's it's, it's going fast. So 11 8 of 2019, U.S. Patent 62 slash 758430. Who is the applicant? Visa, the credit card company. What was this patent about? Creating digital money, a digital currency unit. And every digital currency unit that's created, they take away the paper version of it. So their plan mm. is to eliminate paper money in exchange for digital. Are they literally just burning it or what is the... They're just pulling it out of circulation. Shredding it? Shredding it, making whatever you, you know, kindling. I don't know what you would make out of it, but... See, this patent was done way back <laughs> that's, then. That's really ironic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, so, but why? Why is that the case? It's not like this is going to fix the system. They're going from something that's private to something that's not. Paper transactions are 100% private. Digital means they can track everything about you. It's Big Brother. It's spyware in your bank account. That's exactly what it is. Yep. And if you want to control a populace, you control what they buy or sell, with whom and when they want to. This is all about people control. This is not about fixing a broken financial system. This is 
breaking the financial system so people would be willing to give up their freedoms in exchange for what they have. Because if I were to ask you, say, Owen, do you, do you want this new financial system? They they It's pretty sweet. They can look at everything transaction you ever have. If they don't like the gas guzzling truck that you have, if they don't like the church that you give to, if they don't like the politics that you donate to they the don't politicians. Like the food you consume. They don't like the food because you're not eating bugs and liking it right. It's like they can say, okay, Shut no more buying yep. for you. Yep. Flip of a switch. And it's so clear that that's where they want to go. I mean, how are they going to enforce this man-made climate change, stop carbon emissions crap by controlling your finances? It's that simple. Yeah. All right, we got one more short segment here with Kirk Elliott. Again, if you're worried about your dollars in the bank or bank runs or them losing value, head on over to KEPM.com slash gold and Kirk can help you assure your assets into precious metals. Now, I want to play this clip for Kirk and get his response. He, he doesn't know about this trend. You know, it might be a thing for the younger guys out there. But uh, if you're on social media, you've probably seen these people that encourage you to make bad financial decisions, and, and, and somehow that'll get you ahead. Here's one example of a young girl purchasing a house she can't afford in clip 21. My girl Shay was able to get 150000 in funding just to close on her first Airbnb, and she didn't have no job, no proof of income, and she had no revenue in her business. Okay, the first thing she did was have an LLC, and then she built her relationships with multiple banks like Navy Federal, PNC, Bank of America for at least 30 days. She didn't have to buy no trade lines, have no net 30s, or list herself, or even have a business address. The way she was able to do that was she applied for every product that each of these banks had on their website, and then she liquidated the credit cards to put down on her first Airbnb. If you want to do the same, DM me business. What do you think about that business advice, Kirk? <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's all over the internet. That's like a trend on the internet. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't have to have no bank account. She no didn't money. have to have no nothing. nothing. Right? <laughs> I mean, why? If you're homeless, what are you doing? I mean, apply for every single product that they have. Get the credit cards, max out your withdrawals, and shut them down. And they got the money to start your business. I mean, that's gaming the system at its worst. And this is. But do politicians really do anything different than that? They spend money oh, yeah. that they don't have all the time. This is why we have the problem that we have is that kind of mentality, that philosophy of, yeah, it's other people's money. I'll just spend it. I mean, there's no personal responsibility to that. And, it, and it's wild. But only in America, only in America, in American politics, does it make sense, actually, to actually get more debt. To get out of debt. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, well, we've got this debt. We, we can't get out of it. We have to raise the debt ceiling. It's like, what? That's stupid. Why not? I, yeah, I can't get out of this hole. Let me dig it deeper. I know. It's like, why not just slash your expenses, try to live within your means, live way below your means so the excess that you have, you can start to pay off your debt. What's wrong with that concept? Oh, that doesn't get votes. Well, and I and I wouldn't be surprised because I've also seen the follow-ups with some of these stories where some of these young kids that do this and then buy these houses they can't afford. And then, you know, a year later, they're like, yeah, I'm bankrupt. Uh, I got no value or equity out of my house. And my credit score is now 300. Well, it's almost like the equivalent of like a trust fund kid, right? It's like they they didn't actually have their roots grow deep in a time of a, of a dry time in their life, right? They They don't understand how money is created. There's hard work, there's sweat equity, there's all this. And so if you don't have that, you're never going to treat money with the respect that it is. I'm not saying that we worship money. We don't love money. 
we we work hard for it and we get to receive the benefits of it and we are blessed so we can give right i mean that's how i believe that that when when we have money when we work really hard there's a lot of people that have needs there's a lot of investment that you can do to create jobs to create ideas and have businesses i mean this is how the world should operate, not by using other people's money that's free, that there's no sweat equity and they, they don't know how to manage it wisely and it will fail every single time it will fail. Yeah. And what happens when that Airbnb you just bought doesn't have anybody staying in it? Uh, that might be a problem. Maybe they didn't foresee. All right. Kirk Elliott, great stuff as always. He's going to head back to Colorado where it might be a little colder than Austin. I don't know. Maybe. KEPM.com slash gold or call 720-605-3900. And I just think it's good advice. You don't want to keep all your money in a bank, folks. You want to at least hedge your assets. You want to at least have multiple ways to protect your assets. Bank runs, collapse of the dollar. Who knows what could go wrong? You want precious metals as one way to protect your assets. And Kirk Elliott is one of the places to go that we trust. All right, Kirk. Uh, so you're heading back to the Colorado mountains then? Yep, it is a little bit colder than it is here. And this is not warm. I'm telling you what, it's chilly it's here cold in Texas. Here. Yeah. It's the global warming, though, don't yeah. you know? Oh, thank this God global for warming. global warming, yeah. or else it'd be really <laughs> cold. <laughs> On March 6th, 2001, Alex Jones first predicted the September 11th attack on the World Trade Center. You've got an element of the FBI and these war game scenarios where they can remote control a 747 and they're going to crash it into the World Trade Center. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. The second American revolution is happening now right in front of you. And you're tuned into InfoWars because you're either looking for the truth or you're already a patriot. I'm asking you now to realize we are at the fulcrum, the crossroads in the fight for human destiny and human future. Please spread the word about the broadcast. Please buy great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And please pray for the transmission. Without you, we're going to fail. But if you simply take action and spread the word and pray for the broadcast and buy the products, you will continue to aid us together in our victory against these tyrants. But now is the time to make the decision. I know there's millions of forms of media out there and all this BS and the globalists hope you get lost in all of it. But notice the globalists, the New World Order, are coming after us because they realize we've got their number. Think about it. InfoWars is the tip of the spear. If you want to support the tip of the spear, that decision is up to you. Please support us now at InfoWars Store. We are getting crushed in the housing market. We are getting crushed in the automobile market. We are getting crushed in our grocery bills. They're sitting here attacking you, attacking your economy, attacking your culture, attacking your borders. And then they say you're inhumane. War. You gotta give I'll me a give trespass you a warning, warning right now. That's your warning. So guys, I am currently at the Migrant Center in San Antonio, Texas, where NGOs are facilitating human smuggling of migrants into America. If you look right here, you actually have a San Antonio Police Department car uh, watching as a lookout, basically guarding this area. They're taking side contracts in relations to these NGOs actually being paid a significant amount to guard this area. And I'll walk down here just to show you this even more. 
They're in their official San Antonio PD uniforms to top it off with their San Antonio PD cars as well. Just to give you a little background real quick. Are you guys on duty right now? We're, this is extra job for us. So you're being, are you being contracted by the NGOs then? Why did you tell him just to say no? So you guys are being contracted by the NGOs? It's none of your business, no, no, com no comment. It's none of my business. You're San Antonio police, but you're being contracted and paid by NGOs. You're being paid time and a half? No comment. No comment? But you did confirm you're not on duty. This is a side job for you. So you are being paid by the NGOs. Do you think that's a conflict of interest at all? Back up. What I tell you? Back up. So you got San Antonio PD here being paid by the NGOs Back up. to essentially facilitate the human trafficking of illegal migrants into the country. Outside the gate. Can I ask you guys a question? These NGOs claim they're not paying for migrants' flights, but the migrants are saying right, the exact opposite. This is incredible this footage from Taylor works. Hansen. Is, you can find it the on his Twitter account, at TaylorUSA doing work now for Tenet Media, tenetmedia.com as well. And uh, the exchange there gets a little more heated, as you saw at the beginning of the clip, where they basically come after him and threaten him. Uh, what happened to his First Amendment rights? So, uh, Taylor, what is your conclusion from this? I mean, we just heard from you covering it live there on the scene, what's going on there. But uh, why did they get so defensive? Why did that individual essentially verbally confront and attack you for simply asking questions and being observational as to the situation you encountered? Well, the easiest way to put it is it's a massive money laundering scheme. Uh, you know, a lot of how it works is the state actually will accept contracts on behalf of the uh, police department. So there's an approved list of contracts that they are allowed to take that the chief approves. And this just so happens to be one of them. And then they facilitate that money through the city into the NGOs, back into the police force's uh, pockets, essentially, which if you know anything about San Antonio PD, they're actually one of the highest paid police forces in the country. So it's not like these men need this money right now, but they're intentionally accepting these contracts. And you see the standoff niche. Uh, they didn't really expect anybody to confront them on this. I think they're just used to being allowed to be corrupt. And sadly, Texas does have a really bad problem with, I mean, they're, they're essentially taking cartel money. That's what this comes down to. So these cops know that where they know that where this money comes from. They know it's dirty money that's being washed and then put into their pockets. So it's just corruption at its finest right here. Well, I wasn't aware that San Antonio police are paid, paid that well. But I guess that's just another layer to this. I mean, they seem quite comfortable. They did seem quite comfortable sitting on their butts facilitating the illegal immigrant invasion. But see, you, you just nailed something. And there's a couple of clips, and, and, and you've done this as well, and there's a couple of clips where I'm down there at the border confronting Border Patrol. And yeah, it's like they have this concept, they have this idea that somehow we're not allowed to be there or we're not allowed to ask questions or the American people uh, aren't, aren't allowed to know what their business is. And it's really quite the contrary. We need people down there doing that. They need to be confronted. They need to be asked questions peacefully, legally, lawfully. That's our First Amendment right. But, but because that doesn't go on, and for the most part, the American media is complicit with this, or they'll sit off on the sides, you know, 100 yards away and shoot their little standing report, it just, it just continues to go on and they feel no pressure. But then when somebody like you does apply the pressure, you see how defensive they get. 
or they completely crack down. They don't really expect anybody, especially members of the media, to go up to them and actually ask real questions because that's how bad our media has actually gotten. And I'm glad you referenced, you know, the live shots, the new trend that we see along the border. You know, whenever I go to the border, I'm in Mexico. I'm crossing the river with these migrants. I'm asking them where they're from, what they're doing here. That's real journalism. Real journalism is not sitting there in front of a camera, uh, you know, 200 feet away with a you know, $20,000 camera that you can barely see anything with and explaining the situation in the slightest. But what I would like to touch on with this especially is the, this specific NGO that runs this migrant resource center is what it's called. In 2021 alone, they paid out almost $8 million in salaries, which is absolutely unheard of. It's insane. And then from the fiscal year 2021 to 2022, they went from $8 million in federal funding to nearly $18 million in federal funding. And then on top of that, if you look through their contracts on their 990s, it actually goes, they have a portion where it says specific assistance, which that's broad enough term to literally classify any fund under. And this is where the really the human, like, the trafficking really takes place in the blatant money laundering. Last year, they had $3 million in specific assistance and it upped all the way to $11 million. So it is such a lucrative business. And it's not just this one NGO. This is happening in every state in pretty much every city. I mean, even on my way back from this trip, going into Salt Lake City, Utah, out of all places, I had five illegal immigrants on my plane with me. So this is widespread corruption. I've never seen anything like this before. And I was just thankful that you know, this was a kind of a impromptu report. I landed in San Antonio. I was supposed to go to Eagle Pass to document the federal uh, versus the state issue going on with National Guard. And I got this tip saying, hey, you know, go check out this migrant resource center. And the first thing I saw was SAPD out there. And that it, it sparked something in me because I was like this, you know, my family's law enforcement. I have a very extensive background and good knowledge on what law enforcement is allowed to do. And the fact that they're doing this in an unofficial capacity, but while in their uniforms, it screams corruption. Well, and did you see the video where a gentleman, we interviewed him last week, we played the video again yesterday, he goes into one of the migrant tents that they have set up. It's supposed to be a, mm-hmm. a, a non-permanent infrastructure. It always ends up becoming permanent. It houses, uh, when it's all said and done, probably hundreds of thousands going in and out of there. Mm-hmm. And and he jumps the fence. He jumps the wall. Oh, what do you figure? Uh, so they get a nice wall. They get a nice border. They get a nice security for their illegal immigrant center. And then the law enforcement there harasses him and chases him down and says, you can't be in here. I mean, the irony in that one video alone tells the story. The illegal immigrants have more protection, more security, more sovereignty, more rights than we do as Americans. And the law enforcement sits there and takes part in it. Absolutely. I mean, the corruption is through and through right now. Actually, off video, I had my cameraman uh, who is Mexican. He, we tried to sneak him into the center before I actually confronted these police officers. And, you know, he, they almost gave him the wristband and everything. He was about to go into the Migrant Resource Center in San Antonio until the NGO kind of caught on to him and said, hey, you know, we're not taking anybody from Mexico. But they didn't realize that he was actually a reporter. But, you know, walls for them, that's OK walls for us to protect our country from these people that are bringing in diseases. They're not being tested. Uh, A lot of these people literally come across with no IDs. We have no idea who there are. I mean, you know, the FBI and the DHS loves to talk about national security, uh, you know, problems or national security risks. But this is the biggest national security risk that I think we have ever seen. And I've seen in all my years reporting. Well, you're talking 7 million illegal immigrants since Joe Biden has taken office, a record every year. I'm sure he'll break a new record in his final year in office. And that's just what we have on record. That doesn't even count the gotaways, which there's plenty of those as well. 
And, you know, he, here's what I see going on here. Because what happened to integrity? What happened to ethics? They know what they're doing is illegal. You know, I, I remember some of the coverage that I did in McAllen. And we went to some hotels and the hotels are filled with illegal immigrants and the hotel owners got mad because we were filming it and exposing what was going on. Well, they they love this because guess what? Every room in their hotel is booked from now until the end of time with illegal immigrants. So they're not going to say anything. They like it. We confronted some of these drivers about driving and facilitating the trafficking to the airport, the bus stops, everything else. And they even said on camera, they said, hey, this is my job. I'm just doing my job. So the financial attack on the country, unfortunately, it causes men that that might actually have good ethics and good integrity to sell it out for money. I mean, this is happening all across the country. There's a video right there. The crew found it in a lickety split there. Illegal immigrants leaving facilities without being monitored or reported. And it's these drivers. They drive them all day long. They get paid. It's the hotels that never have to worry about trying to get rooms booked because they're always booked 24-7 by illegal immigrants, all paid for by the U.S. taxpayers, laundered through these NGOs. And so that's the problem here is that people will sell their ethics now for a dollar. People will sell their integrity now for a dollar, even though they know everything they're doing is illegal. I mean, talk about that aspect of it from your reporting on this. I mean, it's insane and I see it everywhere. And I'm glad you mentioned the hotels being booked and the buses being booked because they're profiting every single step of the way. And, you know, it's not just those, it's actually the flights too. So all these airlines, you know, Delta and American Air in specific, I'm honestly surprised I haven't been banned from either of them with all the reporting I've done on what they're doing. Uh, You know, yeah, we'll cross our fingers because eventually it will happen. Uh, But it's the same way with the the airlines. You know, they've been flying illegals for three to four years already, and they always have booked flights every single time, and they're being compensated for it. So they're not going to complain. No one else in the industry is going to complain because it's money in their pockets. And it says a lot to a person's character especially police officers, these people that are supposed to be enforcing the law when a little bit of money, when they're already making good money, most, I mean, more money than the average American, these uh, San Antonio PD make, and they're still willing to sell their ethics and their morals out just for a little more cash. It's insane. You know, I'm glad that's why I have been independent in media for so long. And I was thankfully I was able to sign with tenant because I've never been willing to sell out for money, especially in the media industry. You, you out of all the people know this, you know, we could pretty much flip on a dime anytime we wanted for a little bit more money. They love people that say, oh, I'm no longer on the right. I no longer actually want to tell the truth. I'm just going to spill this propaganda to you and get paid millions of dollars. But that's the exact same problem we're seeing countrywide right now is people. And I think this is a problem that People don't believe in Christ anymore. People don't have Jesus in their lives. So, you know, a little bit of shackles or a little bit of dollars, it's really that easy to turn people, and it's a shame. Yeah, there's no doubt the moral compass is just lost. And I don't know, again, I could understand people justifying it. They're broke. They need money. They have families or whatever. But when you have a strong moral compass and a moral guide like that, uh, you know, that, that, that consciousness, you wouldn't engage in stuff like this. So it's sad to see people selling out. Talk about what you have seen on the airports. Um, I know you've been traveling a lot. I know we've got some other video of the illegal immigrants getting on the airplanes. You were just talking about this. I mean, I, I see it too. Whenever we go cover this, I mean, folks, it's not hard. You could probably go to the airport tomorrow and see this. And it's the same story. But you go to these border towns, I mean, they're filled. You're talking about hundreds of these illegal immigrants. And it's usually pretty easy to spot them. They have the manila folders. Um, and and there's there, there's different types. There's some that are families. There's some that are unaccompanied minors. 
There's some people that look very confused, don't speak English. There's some that look like they're on their way to a party. I don't know if you ever experienced that. I, they literally look like they're dressed up, they're dolled up, they're going to a party, they're on the phone like, oh, I'm about to hit the club. I'm not even kidding. I've seen that multiple times. But they always have those manila envelopes, so they're easy to spot. Yeah, they're very easy to spot. I mean, anybody that watches the show, next time you take a flight, uh, just kind of look around in these waiting areas and in the airport lines, too, because they receive expedited security so they can get them pushed in even oh, faster. Oh, that's right. That's right. You'll, none of you these, get harassed. It's insane. You get harassed, but the illegal immigrant gets the special protection. Yep. It's it's crazy. I mean, you know, like we had we last time I came on your program, we talked about how I was designated domestic terrorists and harassed at the airport and followed by air marshals. But these illegal immigrants who a lot of the times there's literally some of them that have no name written on these documents so they can board a plane with no name boarding passes. But God forbid you have to essentially get molested by TSA every single time you go through the airport just so you have the right to board a plane. So it's insane. But next time you're in the airport, just take a walk around. And, you know, I, I, I'm glad you touched on the, you know, these people, you know, sometimes they're dressed up, ready to go to the club. And there's, you know, a little bit of everything. A lot most of what I see is. You know, unaccompanied minors, a lot of the times I do see a little bit of family units, depending on where I'm flying out of. But the biggest thing I see is single age fighting men. And that's alarming to me. And none of these people speak English. The only migrant that I've ever ran into that spoke English was yesterday at, uh, you know, Phoenix Sky Harbor. And those are the Mexican migrants that were coming in. So that was new to me, actually. But a lot of the times these people will be wearing Prada stuff, Gucci stuff. It's not like they're. Yeah you know, suffering on money. Brand I mean, that's, that's the biggest lie that we've ever been told. Yeah. Brand new iPhone, you know, they have everything that they ever need and then they're going to be flown across the country. Every single migrant that I've talked to, they have no idea why they are going to their final location. That's because these NGOs, they essentially just assign them a location. If they don't have a, what they call a sponsor, uh, you know, or a family member within a certain state, every once in a while, you'll get one that has a family member and is picked up. But the ones that are facilitated through the NGOs, this is where you have problems with children going missing because they have two to three layovers and then they end up in a state across the entire country. And Laredo, Texas has a really bad problem with this. Last time I was there, the whole airport, it was about 90% of this airport was uh, illegal immigrants. You know, there was hardly any Americans. I talked to the American Airlines rep and he says, yeah, we fly out more illegals a, a day airport, than we do so American like, citizens. That, that's a small airport. So, I mean, it's, it stands out like a sore thumb there. I mean, that's like going oh, to yeah. a, that's like going to a Philadelphia Eagles game and you see Eagles fans. It's like, whoa, there's a lot of Eagles fans here. I mean, that's Laredo with illegal <laughs> yeah. immigrants. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, this, this whole situation has just gone completely out of control. This is the largest national security risk I've ever seen. And, you know, this is happening in every single airport across the country. It's really prominent in Texas and in Arizona right now. But, I mean, take a look at the airport in New York next time you're there. Take a look at the airport anywhere in the country because they're having layovers there or they're being dropped off. I've seen migrants being, having final locations in Charlotte, North Carolina, Florida, Colorado, Utah, even Montana, which is insane to me. That's where I'm originally from. It's like there's nothing out there for these people. And yet they're still being sent there. They don't know why. And this is where you have a really bad problem with children going missing, which should be alarming in itself enough. You've had thousands of children go missing since they started flying these migrants out across the country. But the thing is, is they don't care about children. They don't care about the health of these people. They don't even care about these people. They're being essentially used for what I believe is a voter block. They want to you know, add new congressional districts to these areas uh, so they can swing elections in the future, and it's a shame. And that does happen. It also adds to the electoral count, which is why I understand the political stunt that Abbott did by busing them to New York and Chicago and such, and okay, it had some value, but we also now need to understand it's adding to those blue states' electoral counts. It's mm -hmm. adding to their population illegitimately, giving them more power in presidential elections. So, so yeah, 
they might not be going and voting in presidential elections. They might be. Uh, who knows? But they might not be. But they are affecting it via the Electoral College, and it's an issue that a lot of people don't know about. I think part of this is just a plug-and-play, Taylor. I think that they have this system kind of set up. I mean, really, it's basically run like a federal prison system where they know they have X amount of rooms at this prison, X amount of rooms at this prison. So it's like, oh, we got room at this hotel in Montana. We got room at this hotel in Utah. We got room at this hotel. We got room in this migrant facility over here. And they just shuffle them and plug and play them everywhere to just keep the money train going. Yep, it's all about money. I mean, you couldn't have put it better in that situation. This whole situation is all about money, and that's what it all will ever be about. And, you know, I'm glad you kind of touched on the aspect of them just throwing them anywhere because that's literally what it is. They're throwing them anywhere in the country. They don't care where they go. And it's not just about voter blocks, but it's about so much more is imagine trying to actually clean this up. Say President Trump is elected in 2024 and actually follows through with a mass deportation operation that he's talking about and is campaigning on. How are you going to find these migrants that you have bust all or flown? all across into different states. It's going to be nearly impossible. So that causes a problem in itself. And then we're also in multiple global conflicts right now. We don't know the people coming in. Like I said, there's some names that say literally no name on their passport, which is insane. So we're pissing off Iran. You know, we're bombing the Houthis right now. We're bombing. I mean, we're aiding uh, and abetting the war in Ukraine with Russia. And we're trying to uh, you know, globally escalate the tensions that are already there. I mean, we're in, involved in so many huge conflicts right now. Our enemies hate us. They're open about hating us. And we're allowing them through the border. So I don't really see any situation how this ends up OK. Well, it really just shows the fraud of the whole system, doesn't it? It shows the fraud of the whole system here looking at peaceful Americans that just love this country and saying they're domestic terrorists who have never committed any violent crime and never would, uh, grandmas that wave the American flag in the Capitol get you know raided by the FBI, you get felt up and groped and penetrated by TSA at the airport, but then the border is just sitting there wide open. So, so the last thing I want to cover with you here, and I'm sure you saw this, where does this all end up? Folks, you need to understand, eventually they're going to run out of hotels, Eventually, they're going to run out of prop-up tents and church facilities. So where are they going to end up putting these illegal, illegal immigrants? It's going to be in your home. This is happening already in Massachusetts, exploring the host home experience. And they put out these flyers. It's an organization called the Immigrant Support Alliance. And they put out these flyers. They have these websites. And they basically say, oh, yeah, volunteer. Put an illegal immigrant in your home. Well, it's voluntary today. It's mandatory tomorrow, Taylor. No, you're completely right. And we've already seen that. They're literally making kids take online school. They push kids out of school, even after the travesty that was COVID, the learning disabilities and everything, all the negative ramifications of that. And now these kids, because there's illegal immigrants and nobody has anywhere to put them, now they have to go back to taking online school. So the next, the reality of this is, is they are going to be in your homes. Uh, you know, this is what they want. They want a complete invasion of privacy. They want to destroy your life. And, you know, this is what the new world order system has been about. And you guys have done better than any platform in the entire world, I would say, at actually covering the globalist plans. But this is all a part of the globalist order. This is all about, uh, you know, really just delegitimizing your way of life. And the next thing you know, you're going to have a migrant sleeping with you on your bunk bed. So uh, I don't really see where it goes from here other than it's getting worse until we have somebody that actually steps in as commander in chief that can do something about it and start these mass deportations and secure our border. Yeah, it's insane. The numbers are truly insane. They're astronomical. It's really even hard to put words to it. It's an invasion. That's what it is. It's the largest invasion in the history of the world. It's Biden's Borderosa. 
It's happening right now. Taylor Hansen, thank you for your time. Great work as always. Follow him on Twitter at TaylorUSA. And you can find more of his coverage at TenantMedia.com. Taylor, thank you very much. Thanks, brother. We'll see you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as we enter the halfway point of today's transmission. Yeah, you're noticing we have longer segments here. In case you didn't notice, we announced this earlier today. We have cut out a commercial break of every hour. So that adds about 15 to 20 minutes of live transmissions here every day at Infowars.com slash show and band.video because we realize how important these times are with just 294 days to go till the election. But not airing commercials might cut into our bottom line. It's a risk we have to take. But we're counting on you continuing to support us at InfoWarsStore.com. It's your support there that keeps us on the air. This package right now at InfoWarsStore.com, supercharge your body's defenses with DNA Force Plus and the Real Red Pill Plus. That combo pack, 50% off. Now, you can buy those individually at 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. But the combo pack, 50% off, and I'm telling you, look into it, the Pregnenolone in the Real Red Pill Plus, as, as well as many other great ingredients there, combined with the CoQ10 and the PQQ in DNA Force Plus, folks, it really does supercharge your body's defenses. Now, I take DNA Force Plus and the Real Red Pill Plus, part of my supplement routine every morning. I suggest you do the same. Now is the time. 50% off this combo pack at InfoWarsStore.com. And many other specials happening, like Winter Sun, Vitamin D, Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com, 40% off. It's well known in the winter. Why do you get sick? You're not getting the vitamin D from the sun. So we put it in a bottle. Winter Sun Plus, Vitamin D, the ultimate Ultra vitamin D3 supplement in a liquid tincture under the tongue. Uh, under the tongue, great way to absorb it. It's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Don't be deficient in vitamin D this winter. Get Winter Sun Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. And of course, my favorite when it comes to energy, Turbo Force Plus, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. 10 hours of clean energy. We're not kidding. Try it for yourself. Turbo Force Plus, 40% off InfoWarsStore.com. All right, we're halfway through the show, and we got plenty more to go, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, we're going to be monitoring a Trump rally in New Hampshire, and I told the crew, let me know if Vivek goes live or if Trump goes live. So we're going to be monitoring that. But last night, here was Vivek's dropout speech, if you will, after getting 8% in the Iowa caucus, he called to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory and then made this announcement in clip 16. Now, this is a campaign founded on speaking the truth. Not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Not just to the Democrats, but to our own side. And not just to other campaigns and candidacies, but to ours. And so I will stick to the truth tonight. The first hard truth, and this one's hard for me. I got to admit this. But we've looked at it every which way. And I think it is true that we did not achieve the surprise that we wanted to deliver tonight. And I think that that's just a hard fact that we're going to have to accept as a campaign. 
And the question then is, what do we do that is right for our country? And so Porv and I, we, we actually didn't make this contingency plan before everybody told us to. We said, no, we're not doing that. But we talked about it tonight. We took a little bit of time in our apartment in Des Moines before coming here to make some hard choices. And I wanted to make a couple of announcements tonight to get the business out of the way. And then I want to tell you where we're going. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. And this is going to have to be, there is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. And I think that I am very worried for our country. I think we are skating on thin ice as a nation. We have done everything in our part to make and done every one of us in this room has done our part to save this country. And I am so proud of every one of you who have lifted us up, but we're a campaign founded on the truth. And so that's why we've made that decision today. And I'm also making the decision that this has to be an America first candidate in that White House. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America first candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. And so I'm going to ask you to follow me in taking our America first movement to the next level. It did not begin in 2016. It began in 1776. Now, to me, this is such a key and pivotal moment in the Trump campaign and in, I guess, what we're all calling the America First movement or the common sense movement or the truth movement, the populist movement, because, and and I hope this translates in a, in a solid way. And, and Trump's victory speech last night tells me it will. Vivek's speech, part of it that we just played right there, tells me it will. And I, I addressed this last night in depth on my Rumble channel. I, I don't want to get too much into it now. It's not the time or place. But I, I went really in depth into this issue last night where we just need to be a lot more focused on the issues and we have to be a lot more pragmatic in how we approach them instead of this, quite frankly, cultish zealotry that I've seen in this process leading up to the Iowa caucuses. And again, I don't want to get too in-depth into this, but um, it's been really odd, the infighting that's going on. And it is politics and it is nasty, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we can start to put some of that aside and really start focusing on the issues. Trump is obviously not perfect. There's plenty, plenty of criticisms that come along with Donald Trump. Plenty. Political purism is a cancer to any political movement. No, in fact, it's a terminal illness. It will kill any political movement. So, yeah, we can bash Donald Trump. Talk about the vaccines, Operation Warp Speed, the shutdowns, the spending. All fair. But clearly Trump is the best option. And it's really not even close. And Vivek understands that and recognizes that. And Vivek's campaign was important because it brought in a youth vote. It brought youthful eyes and minds into the Republican Party like we've never seen before. 
The results from last night's caucus actually proved that. He did very well with the youth. Now to bring that into the Trump campaign and I would say force the Overton window of the Trump campaign to become even more anti-establishment, more anti-corruption than even Donald Trump's rhetoric and policies have been, that is also a good thing. So I'm hoping that this kind of quells a lot of the attacks going between Vivek's people and Trump's people and even DeSantis's people because it's all noise, ladies and gentlemen. It's all just worthless trash talk, and we don't engage in that here, and that's fine. I, I like to think that we levitate or rise above it. But stopping there from this analysis, to me, this is a very, very pivotal movement in the Trump campaign, and I hope Vivek does campaign with Donald Trump, and I hope that We'll see. I mean, who knows how long DeSantis wants to carry this out. I think Haley's probably going to go till at least South Carolina. And when she loses in South Carolina, probably by a significant number, definitely double digits, maybe then she'll bow out. But whether you love Donald Trump or you got your issues with Donald Trump, there clearly is no better candidate right now than Donald Trump. RFK Jr. is nice. But you notice how his campaign has kind of just slowed to a crawl. And to try to win as a third-party candidate is nearly impossible at this stage. So that's unfortunate. Who knows, maybe RFK drops out and endorses Donald Trump. Now, as far as Trump's VP is concerned, I still think it is going to be somebody who's not running for office or not currently in office. Maybe a Ben Carson Maybe a Tulsi Gabbard, that name is floating around. Maybe a General Flynn. I don't think that's the case. Uh, but Trump said he's made his decision. My guess is it's not Vivek, simply because he made the decision while Vivek was still running. And my guess is we don't get that announcement for some time anyway. But I think last night was a very important moment for the Trump campaign and a very important moment for this populist America first truth movement that really is behind Donald Trump. And so people have problems with Vivek. But let's just look at the fruits here and let's just look at what he's saying now. And let's look at the value he adds to the Trump campaign and to the movement, which is immense with the potential there. And it adds a lot of depth to the Republican Party where now you look at it and you say, well, gee, what do we got on the depth chart? Donald Trump, DeSantis, he's shot politically now. He's decided he's going to run against Trump. It's going to destroy his political career. Nikki Haley was never one of us to begin with. And then you look at the rest of the field, other than Doug Burgum, who saw the tea leaves, dropped out and endorsed Donald Trump. What did you have? Asa Hutchinson? Chris Christie? Folks, a candidate like Vivek, gives you hope that good people are going to spend their own money to try to run a campaign that shifts the Overton window, draws in new voters to the Republican Party because they know how serious this time is for our country. So I, I, think, I think last night was a big, big moment. We learned a lot of things. And we're going to be monitoring to see what happens at the Trump rally coming up in New Hampshire. Uh, Haley's going to be speaking in New Hampshire, too. She thinks she got second place last night. 
Somebody should tell her that's not the case. All right, when we come back, we'll lighten it up a little bit, though. And um, what did Rachel Maddow say last night that has uh, everybody laughing hysterically? She should be a comedian. Rachel Maddow should be a comedian with this latest bit. Ah, yes, the youth of New York City out on the street celebrating Donald Trump's victory. Is that a wig? This kid just asked that this is a wig. And, uh, of course, that's my buddy Dustin there, a great Trump impersonator, dancing. fun stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back here on the InfoWars War Room. Okay, here you go. Rachel Maddow. I got to tell you. I mean, you look at what the American left puts on television as thought leaders, and it just makes you wonder. This? This? We had Joy Reid saying Nikki Haley lost because she's a brown woman. Hmm. And then, I mean, you want to talk about projection. Listen to Rachel Maddow here after Trump's victory last night in clip 10. Again, the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not... If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. But people wanting that. Pause it and rewind this. This is this is artistic gold. Whoever is the director in the MSNB studios, you are either unintentionally brilliant. Or you are truly brilliant. If you're listening, you have Rachel Maddow having this meltdown, talking about fascism and authoritarianism, when when that's who they are. That's obvious, but we'll address that in a second. And the cameraman is flipping to all the leftards on the screen. Chris Hayes, Lawrence O'Donnell, Jen Psaki, and they're all, uh, uh, Ari Melber, and they're all just like, "Mm, yes. Yes, Trump's the authoritarian. Trump's the fascist. And it's like, you can tell. You look at the face. They all know this is projection. They all know Rachel Maddow is a lunatic. And they all know they're the true fascists. But but guys, you got. I, I'm sorry. I had to watch that again. Watch the genius work here of the television director for MSNBC. My, I tip my cap. This is some of the best television direction I have ever seen. As Rachel Maddow is going on an unhinged rant about authoritarianism, I mean, this is like, again, I mean, it's just, it's so perfect. It's like if I'm on a panel and I'm wearing, I have a navy tie today, and it's like if I'm on a panel and I'm like, people that wear navy ties are really sick, disgusting people. Anybody that wears a navy tie should be locked up and institutionalized. I don't respect anybody with a navy tie. And then it flashes to everyone else on the panel looking at me like, he's he's got a navy tie on, does he know that? 
So here, here's the fascist authoritarian Rachel Maddow with the whole <laughs> with the whole panel just like, is this really happening right now? And the and the director catches it all. All right, play it again. Well, I think the, the, the again, the big picture takeaway oh, from I'm that, Rachel and Maddow, I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy As falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, and then they're the, the leader fascists. who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm -hmm. bigger part mm -hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate oh is made gosh. up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism oh. on the ultra-right for a very long time. Extremism. They've brought them in in a way that they That's haven't them. been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But yes, once you have so radicalized studied. one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. And yes, Trump is is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is oh. an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican oh. politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump yeah. to get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That, yeah. and, and that is coming from the, a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm -hmm. of one man and his leader. And, and, and we tie can't... Together the Oh, that is just too funny right there. Uh, did you have a laugh at that? Because I sure did. That is just so pathetic. Oh, my gosh. Now, okay. First of all, you notice how she doesn't show you any Trump quotes or any Trump statements or any Trump policies or anything like that that is extremist or authoritarianism because it's all just, it's all just rhetoric. But, okay, let's talk about fascism. Well, it would be fascistic to, let's say, use the power of the federal government to force individuals to use or consume a product. Like, I don't know, a vaccine. That was them. That was Democrats. That was liberals. That's fascism authoritarianism arresting your political opposition arresting journalists killing journalists who talk out against your corruption censoring independent media that is opposed to your agenda and your policies that would be authoritarianism that's liberals that's democrats let's talk about extremism Three straight years of record-breaking illegal immigrants coming into our country. How about leftist riots, burning cities to the ground, killing cops, injuring people, breaking down barricades in front of the White House with Palestinian flags? That's liberals. That's Democrats. So there you go. I just took 90 seconds to show you left-wing extremism, authoritarianism, and fascism, Rachel Maddow just says it and gives no examples. And the whole panel sits there blinking like yuppies 
like guppy fish, like, oh, yes. Ah, so smart, Rachel. Oh, you're the leader of MSNBC. You know, she makes like, I think she makes like 30 million a year. How is that even real? How is that Mandark looking freak? Look, most people you see on TV, they look good because they wear a lot of makeup. Now, I'm not saying they, they aren't necessarily good looking people, but, but let me just say, they, they wear a lot of makeup so they look good on TV. They might not look that good in person. They might not even be close. You can't even put enough makeup on her to look good. But I'm sorry, I, I, I shouldn't be insulting her because she looks like Mandark from Dexter's Laboratory. That is the highest paid MSNBC anchor, and, and she's one of the dumbest, most moronic, lunatic people that have ever been on television. And they sit there and make these claims, and they have no evidence to back it up. None. Okay, from one idiot Democrat to the next, what's Kamala Harris up to? I, I don't even know what this is. She goes to a diner in this in this staged photo op, but you notice Joe Biden goes to a diner, nobody cares. Kamala Harris goes to a diner, nobody cares. Trump walks into a pizza shop. Trump walks into a Burger King. Uh, you know, Trump walks into a donut shop. The whole place all of a sudden is flooded, and the energy in the room is undeniable. But here's Kamala Harris going to a cafe somewhere, no energy, no enthusiasm for this embarrassing video uh, photo shoot. Look at this in clip 14. Is Kamala Harris the most unauthentic person in the history of politics? Scratch that. Is Kamala Harris the most unauthentic person that you've ever seen? I I'm serious. I don't think I've ever witnessed a more unauthentic, forced personality than Kamala Harris. I I'm serious. Can anybody name somebody more forced, more unauthentic than, than that? With the cackling and the magic school bus and the, oh, you're a young leader too. You're the future. Did you know that? I, I don't think there's a bigger phony. I, I, I've never seen a bigger phony than Kamala Harris. I, I, I'm serious. That is the most forced personality, unauthentic person I've ever seen in my life. But, but. What does she even do? Oh, my gosh. There's more? The crew found more of this? I don't know. There might be some hope. There might be some hope for 2024. Trump could win the election. System of a Down is headlining music festivals. Creed is going on tour. We might be back. We might be back. All right. The crew found some more inauthentic Harris here. I, I haven't seen this one. Uh, I, I, we have we have more from the most unauthentic forced personality in, in the history of the world here. Kamala Harris, guys, go ahead. Uh, do we have it ready? Let's uh, let's fire it away. I see our college students. <laughs> and let me just tell you, I love Gen Z. I don't know if some, you know, I love Gen Z. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, okay, for the older adults, this is going to be a humbling thing I'm about to share with you. If someone is 18 years old today, they were born in 2005. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, check that out. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't checked the math on that, but I guess I'll trust her. I mean, look, do you, do you, you remember like your first time smoking weed? Do you guys remember that? Remember your first time smoking marijuana? Uh, Kamala Harris seems to live in that state. That, that, that seems to be the state in which she exists entirely. But of course, I don't actually think Kamala Harris is up here smoking 10 joints before she goes and speaks before an event. That's how fake she is. I mean, th this is the most unauthentic person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, who else is this unauthentic? Nikki Haley, maybe? That is about it. Nobody reaches these levels of phony personality. By the way, Nikki Haley started doing the Hillary Clinton. She's developed an accent all of a sudden. Did you notice that? She's got a new accent. Wow. What an embarrassment. Oh, my gosh. What are they going to do? There's no way. I'm sorry. What are they going to do? There is no it's going to be Biden, but how can they run Biden and Harris again? How can they run Biden and Harris again? Is this really how bad the Democrats have it? They got to do something. I, I mean, look, my money is still on Joe Biden. I guess he has to go with Kamala Harris again, even though she's been in utter embarrassment as the vice president, essentially a no-show. By request, they I mean, they asked her, stop, stop doing things. She got the hook. She doesn't even barely go to D.C. anymore. Her and Joe Biden are absent from D.C. 40% of the time. Okay. All right, let, let, let's get a little more serious when we come back. We've got some big developments internationally, and we've got the truth about the power grid and this happens every year now in Texas, and it's just like they don't even – it really makes you wonder how stupid some of these people are in politics. Maybe we can do this before we go to the break. Did you guys see this one? RuPaul tells Emmy's crowd not to be scared of drag queens, brings literal demon goblin on stage. Okay. If you haven't seen this, like you've seen – okay, we've seen some of the drag queen story time demons – We've seen some of the stuff they do at the RuPaul drag shows. Folks, th they literally brought up like a Harry Potter uh, Lord of the Rings goblin. Okay, like you're not even trying to look like a woman. <laughs> oh my gosh. The liberal mind virus. It just, it is, it is getting bad, folks. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. While other networks lie to you about what's happening now, InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. 
Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsTore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsTore.com. There is a man who is whatever America needs him to be. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. Nothing less than a knight, shining. They'll hunt him, they'll set the dogs on him, because the truth is the greatest threat they face. It's the war room with Owen Schroyer. Okay, we got some big international developments here. Ladies and gentlemen, last night, we'll start with this because everybody knows that there were massive, massive issues with the 2020 election. And so even on CNN, they had a entry poll that asked the voters do you think Joe Biden won the 2020 election? And 68% said no. 68% of people pulled by CNN entering the caucus last night said no, they think it was stolen from Donald Trump. And you can even look at general polling now, and, and you've now crossed a 50% threshold. Most Americans do not believe Joe Biden legitimately won the 2020 election. Now, some foreign leaders will actually tell it like it is. And some of them don't even mince their words like Vladimir Putin. Now, this story first came out on Reuters headline. Putin says past U.S. elections were rigged. He's specifically talking about 2020. I'll play the clip. Now, this got syndicated. This story got syndicated on Yahoo News. Now, why am I reporting that to you? Yahoo News is one of the biggest news sites, and they have one of the biggest syndicators of news on the planet. And you might say, well, I don't go to Yahoo for news. It doesn't matter. They get forced into your phone. They get forced into your email. They get forced into the news updates because it's just, it's just baked into the cake. You get Yahoo News. So when Yahoo News is syndicating this headline, Putin says past U.S. elections were rigged. I mean, I don't even know. How, how do you even measure that? That is significant. Now, we have the clip of Putin talking about this. Here it is, clip 18. You tell me, is Vladimir Putin not correct when he says U.S. elections in 2020 were rigged in clip 18? 
But uh, people inhabiting these territories, you know that even better than me, have always identified themselves as nothing but as a part of Russia. That's why the voting results were like that. This is an obvious thing. That's why the voting results were like this. I always talk about this. Nobody can force you to come to the polling station. Probably, Everything can be rigged, just like the previous U.S. elections were rigged through mail voting. It is clear that it was voting by mail. They bought ballots for $10, filled them in, and without any supervision from observers, they threw them into mailboxes, and that's it. But it's impossible to force someone to come. You can't force anyone at gunpoint. If people didn't want to, they simply wouldn't have come to the polling stations, that's all. This is called voting with your feet, that's all. Here they came and voted. What is this other than democracy? The expression of the people's will is democracy. Now, the U.S. media and Washington, D.C. don't want you to know the truth. It's not pro-Putin propaganda to say he's absolutely right. It's not pro-Putin propaganda to cover what Vladimir Putin says. It's news. He's the president of Russia one of the most powerful countries in the world. But he's just telling the truth. Whether you love Putin or hate Putin, whether you think he's the good guy or the bad guy, he's telling the truth. And if you are in denial of this, then you're the problem, not Vladimir Putin. But the American media doesn't want you to know what Putin says, and they don't want you to know the truth about Russia. Now, he's talking about the elections that were held in eastern Ukraine, And we'll get more into this in a second. But by the way, this just came out on the Gateway Pundit. Catching the fraud, check my vote investigators, uncover fake Michigan addresses on voter rolls. One address has 19 registered voters. Eight of them voted in 2020 and 2022 elections. Now, again, if you recall, Donald Trump was leading Michigan all day long. He was up by 300,000 votes at three in the morning. All of a sudden, the counting stopped, and then all of a sudden, Joe Biden had 330,000 votes all for him and won Michigan. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We've showed you the voting line graphs. We've showed you the graphics from 2 a.m. on TV to 4 a.m. on TV, and it's just it's clear as day there's an anomaly there. But you don't have to be pro-Putin or engage in Russian propaganda to see that. You have to be an honest person. That's all. You just have to be an honest person. So he's talking about the Ukraine situation. And he says, they went to vote in eastern Ukraine and they voted to be a part of Russia or they voted for pro-Putin, pro-Russian candidates because they don't want to be a part of Ukraine anymore. They know how corrupt the Kiev regime is. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be a part of the EU. They don't want to be a part of NATO. They want to be a part of Russia. The U.S. media doesn't tell you this. They lie to you. They want you to think Putin is the big bad boogeyman and everybody hates him. It's not true. That's not pro-Putin propaganda. That's the truth. And so he's saying, they went out and they voted. They went out and they voted. One person, one vote at the polls. No mail-in ballots, no fake addresses, nothing. 
But then he gets more into the situation with the war, and we're learning more about this as well. We covered this yesterday. Cocky Putin boasts Russia has the upper hand over Ukraine and says Kiev risks an irreparable blow if it continues to fight back. He talked about them having the peace negotiations and then how they basically threw them in the trash. And this is all after Biden took over, and this is all Western intelligence backed. This is all Washington, D.C. corruption with the vassal state of Ukraine. And here's Putin talking about that in clip 17. Having refused to negotiate, it were them who refused to negotiate. Let me remind you that everything was agreed upon in Istanbul. I am telling this to you, representatives of the municipal authorities. But all citizens of Russia, of course, should know it. But you work directly with them. We agreed on everything. Moreover, the head of the Ukrainian negotiating group even put his signature on it. There is a signature. We have the document. They just told us that uh, we need to give some kind of sign that Russia really intends to resolve these issues peacefully. We need to move the troops away from Kiev. We moved the troops. A day later, they threw all the agreements into the trash. Now they've said it publicly, including the head of that very negotiating group. And he, by the way, is the head of the ruling party in parliament in the Rada. He said, yes, we were ready, but we missed it because the then British Prime Minister, Mr. Johnson, came and told us not to implement these agreements. Morons, aren't they? Well, they're not just morons, they're corrupt. And the Western leaders know they can launder money and weapons through Ukraine, not just for their own benefit, but for their proxy wars in the Middle East. And that's why you now see the Middle East heating up again. Because they launder money and weapons through Ukraine into their proxy groups. They can't directly fund ISIS. Well, I guess Obama did, but that's not such a good look. So now they use Ukraine as a vassal state and they launder weapons and money through Ukraine. So as soon as Trump was out of office and Biden was in, it was back on and Ukraine just sold out to the West. And that's what Putin is talking about. But what are you supposed to do when you're Putin? And Zelensky comes out and says this at Davos in front of the World Economic Forum in clip 20. Very honestly, which European nation today can provide a combat ready army on par with ours holding back Russia? And how many men and women are your nation ready to send to defend another state, another, another nation? And if one must fight against Putin together in the years ahead, isn't it better to put an end to him and his war strategy now, while our brave men and women are already doing it? They are the world's chance. So this is, first of all, who knows who even wrote that speech for the uh, sweatshirt-clad Zelensky. But... What is Putin supposed to do? Zelensky comes out and says, we need to put an end to Putin. But but Putin's level-headed. He's not going to be gaslit by that, by that little tyke. The issue is he's lying and misrepresenting all of this to the West. See, the East knows this is all garbage. 
The East knows everything Zelensky says is complete garbage. The West is still under their mainstream media, military, industrial complex propaganda. So Zelensky says what? He says, we need each European country to make an army just like Ukraine's to defend yourselves against Russia. Russia's not going into Europe. Russia only went into Ukraine because the people of Ukraine didn't want to be a part of Ukraine anymore. And they voted for that. He's made that perfectly clear. And anybody who knows the geopolitics of the situation also knows that's clear. Anybody in the American media telling you otherwise is either lying to you or just doesn't have a clue of the situation or they're stuck in Cold War era politics. So every country in Europe now has to make an army to fight Putin? But why would he even be saying that? Because the Western media tells you that Ukraine is winning the war. Well, they're not. They are pretty much devastated. Nobody wants to volunteer for the Ukrainian army. They're basically running low on able-bodied men outside of Kiev. And they don't want to go within Kiev because that's their little stronghold. That's their little fiefdom. And so they're going to the outskirts. They're recruiting older men. They're recruiting disabled men. They're recruiting women. And most of the time they get out on the battlefield, they just surrender to Russia. They aren't looking for a fight. They're forced to be there anyway. And so now they're begging the West. Oh, you need to send your men and women to die. You need to go to war with Russia. And, and what is it all for? What is it all for? It's also that the corrupt politics in the West can launder money and weapons through their vassal state, Ukraine. That's it. And everybody knows this that is not under the spell of the Western media propaganda. He then reinforces this. That's Zelensky saying, we all have to go to war with Russia. It's So, so just like Netanyahu, notice, notice how these punks want to tell the American people that we have to fight their wars. You know what? The truth of the matter is, you wouldn't be crap without the United States of America. And then you want to come to us and say, you have to fight our wars. Our wars are your wars. Uh, no, bud. If it wasn't for the United States of America, you would not be doing so well. You should be groveling to us. You should be begging us and thanking us on bended knee for everything we've done for you. Instead, you're ungrateful punks saying we're somehow dutiful to fight your wars. Here's Zelensky now saying it in front of Davos. We all must change to the extent that the madness that resides in this man's head or any other aggressor's head will not prevail. Putin is frank about what he wants, what he does, and who, who his targets are. His answer to the duration of the war is always war, without an end, if he wants in this way. His answer to the limits of chaos in the world is the boundless support of terrorist forces. He enjoys conflicts that cause suffering to others. This is all projection. His answer to calls for peace this is, is all supplying more reality. and more weapons from North Korea and Iran. Regimes like his exist as long as they wage 
worse. And we, we all, we all in a free world exist as long as we can defend ourselves. If anyone thinks this is only about us, this is only about Ukraine, they are fundamentally mistaken. Possible directions and even timeline of a new Russian aggression beyond Ukraine become more and more obvious. So it's total reverse reality. It's the military-industrial complex of the West that wants wars, not Russia. It's the military-industrial complex of the West that needs wars, not Russia. It's the West funding and arming terror groups and proxy groups, not Russia. All of that is literal projection. That's probably a CIA statement written that Zelensky is struggling reading through. And so then they just say, oh, well, that's Russian propaganda. Oh, you're just a stooge of Putin for just speaking the truth, for just telling it like it is. And then, and then you have to sit here and listen to Netanyahu. I mean, look, Netanyahu at least is a real man and fought in the Israeli defense and is certainly a war-hardened man. And then he says, our wars are the U.S.'s war. So Israel just goes to war with everybody they want, and that's somehow our war. And then Zelensky, though, that, that, is, a, that is a tyke. That is a little tyke of a man who pretends to be war-hardened, a total fraud, a total phony, a literal actor. And he says, your war against Russia, not ours, yours. Complete garbage. And then says, oh, Russia's arming all these groups. Yeah, Russia's making an, an ally with groups against the corruption in the United States of America. I know my government's corrupt. I know Joe Biden is corrupt. You know, liberals used to know this too. Liberals used to be against war. Not anymore. Liberals understood this when George Bush was president. Liberals understood this when Julian Assange was exposing it. Hell, even the left-wing media. Not anymore. So, so now the United States has to take 10 million illegal immigrants into the country and pay for them when Joe Biden is president. We get our rates hiked. We get our taxes hiked. Our education is failing. Our infrastructure is failing. And now we have never-ending wars in countries on the other side of the planet that they say our war is your war. And, and this is just the reality that America is supposed to accept. And, and all of the American media, for the most part, goes right along with it, specifically the cable news media. And if you don't, you're called... Putin apologist. You're called anti-Semite. All complete garbage. All war propaganda. But it's amazing. And it's true. No new wars under Donald Trump. No new wars under Donald Trump. And, and you could argue in modern history that some of the most peaceful times on the planet geopolitically were when Donald Trump was president of the United States. And a lot of that is because he didn't have a warmonger who was controlled by the military-industrial complex in the White House. Here's some other news 
on the international front. Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps launches missile strikes at spy headquarters near U.S. consulate in Erbil, terror group in Aleppo. Now, they're, they're basically claiming these were Mossad headquarters and that they were killing Israeli spies. So this just heats up now. Oh, oh, you mean the same Mossad that blackmailed U.S. politicians and American citizens with Jeffrey Epstein? Those are our allies? Top Biden allies signals openness to backing conditions on Israeli military aid, and that would be Senator Chris Coons. The, the left has a problem. Now, again, Israel needs the United States of America desperately, specifically their military might. It's, it's, one, of the, it's, it's one of the main reasons they can saber rattle and, and, and do whatever they're doing in the Gaza Strip is because of the Americans' military might. If America didn't have the military might, then, yeah, probably Iran and other groups would, would be taking action. There's no doubt about that. So, so I don't understand how leftists that are pro-Israel or Jewish don't understand this. But that's beside the point. You have a fracture inside the Democrat Party. You have a fracture inside the left wing of America because some of them are anti-Israel. And yet, you can't really be anti-Israel in D.C., can you? So they try to hedge and they try to have it both ways. So they support Iran. They send money to Iran. They support the Palestinians. Joe Biden says, well, we can't have the genocide of Palestinians but also we have to support Israel. And Chris Coons is like, hey, you know, it's uh, maybe we should have some strict conditions on the military aid we give to Israel. Like uh, you can't just commit a genocide against these people. So they try to have their cake and eat it too. And the media lets them do it. But I don't think what what are the big leftist riots going to be for 2024? That's the question. Is, is it going to be anti-Israel? Is it going to be pro-Palestine? I mean, that's one thing that they could do is just get a bunch of get a bunch of riots going. They're pro-Palestine, but I don't I don't know if they've got the momentum behind that. I, I think they're going to have to do something probably racially based, but no doubt the left is going to try to drum up riots. Point being, the Democrats have to do something to try to stop these riots, to try to stop these Palestinian protesters from tearing down barricades at the White House again. It's a bad look for them. They have to support Israel, right? You can't be anti-Israel. But then again, if you're on the left, well, you kind of can't be anti-Palestine either because they're being genocided. So what do you do? You try to have your cake and eat it too. You try to just avoid the topic. Meanwhile, World War III fears as Xi Jinping purges China's military and brings in generals willing to go to war and move that could lead to Taiwan invasion and drag U.S. into global conflict. No, Biden will let China do whatever... They want. Biden is owned by China, and we're spread so thin now. We're going to get involved in the Middle East. We're going to get involved in Ukraine. And China's rooting for that, by the way. China might even be driving that with their control of Joe Biden. Fears have grown in recent years that China could invade Taiwan. And maybe 2024 is the year with their puppet Joe Biden in the White House. Taiwan's new president vows to defend island against China's threats and intimidation after Xi Jinping's government warned that his election poses severe danger to the self-ruled territory's future. So believe me, China, 
who owns Joe Biden, wants the U.S. involved in Ukraine, wants the U.S. involved in the Middle East, and they might just get in under Joe Biden, and that's when they'll probably move on Taiwan. All right, we are monitoring the Trump rally in New Hampshire. As soon as Trump or somebody goes live, we'll let you know. Packed house. Packed house. It's about um, 100 Haley and DeSantis crowds combined for the Trump rally. And uh, they won't drop out, though. They've got to keep spending all that money to win an unwinnable primary instead of helping defeat the Democrats. I guess that says a lot about them, doesn't it? All right, let's look at some other news here. So in Austin, and, and this happens, I guess, uh, about every year now. I, I've only lived in Austin since 2016, so, so I guess eight years now. But uh, maybe it's a new phenomenon, maybe it's not. But it gets cold, very cold, about once or twice a year. And now it makes headlines when we have these big freeze outs. And a lot of times it causes the power to go out. But when you delve into it deeper and you do more research, you learn a lot of it is incompetence and a lot of it is by design. And it's fairly obvious. It doesn't take much logic because I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, where it has been in the negative temperatures. We just had a caucus in Iowa where it was in the negative teens. And that's regular. But they don't have power outages. Everything does just fine. But it gets down to 15 degrees in Austin. And all of a sudden, we, we can't have power. And there's power outages. And they tell us we have to turn off our heat and turn off our appliances and conserve power. When 15 degree temperatures are highs for many states during the wintertime. Texans asked to conserve energy as demand was expected to put strain on electric grid. Arctic blast leaves many, oh, well, then you got the electric cars. This is just, you know, good luck with your electric vehicle. But let me get to that in a second. So Texans asked not to use their washing machines as weather test grid. Folks, yeah, it's cold for Austin. It's It was 15 degrees yesterday. It's probably like 20, 25 today. The sun was out. And, and we're acting like somehow that's extreme weather. And the power grid can't handle 15, 20 degree days. That is absurd. That is the average winter day in Iowa. That is the average winter day in Kansas, in Michigan, in Minnesota. And they sit here and they play this game and they say, the power grid can't handle it. It's 15 degrees for a day. It's 20 degrees for a day. We've got to turn the power off. We can't handle the cold. And of course, relatively speaking, it's really not cold compared to the rest of the country, but somehow our power grid just can't handle it. And they want us to believe this crap. Like the American infrastructure, the American power grid cannot handle 20 degrees. And they think you'll believe it because you're so stupid and you live in Texas and you get freaked out when you see a snowflake. But but they do this, they do this other dumbassery. They don't cut down the trees over the power lines. And so if there's rain and it freezes, then the power goes out because trees fall on it. They don't salt the roads ever. They just refuse to. And so then you have all the stuff. They say, oh my gosh, this is extreme weather. Well, we can't handle it. The power grid can't handle it. The infrastructure can't handle it. 
They don't even try to handle it. But here's the real story. And this is all done by design. This is the fuel mix from the 15-degree day we had yesterday, which is not that cold compared to other parts of the country. And let's see what we have here. Now, notice what makes up the majority of this energy used to power the Texas grid. We've got a combo here. We've got solar. We've got wind. We've got hydro. We've got power storage. We've got natural gas. We've got coal and lignite. And we've got nuclear. Now, now notice, notice what makes up about... Mm, 90% of this, that would be coal and natural gas. Coal and natural gas make up 90% of the power usage, and it's fueling the power grid. So, gee, if you were smart at all, you'd say, hmm, that coal and natural gas, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. That really powers the grid. That makes it so we can have heat and run our washing machines and dishwashers. My goodness. We should probably use that stuff. That's some good stuff. And what do they tell you? No. You need to use wind. You need to use solar, which makes up barely 10% of the power output. It doesn't work. It doesn't fuel the grid. And they try to sit here and replace natural gas coal with solar and wind it cannot work it will not work it is impossible it never will so imagine now this is just using texas as an example where they have 115 degree day and they they think about shutting off the power because the infrastructure can't handle it which is all total bull but imagine you're looking at this and you're told by the climate activists, by the carbon emission activists, that we have to get rid of coal and natural gas. Do you realize what that means? You have no heat in your home. You don't have any appliances running. And you freeze. This is such basic common sense. It's almost ludicrous that I'm up here covering it. But that's what the agenda is. They want to get rid of coal and natural gas, which makes up the majority of the power output in the entire country so that you can have heat or you can have AC or you can run your appliances. And they want to shut it down and say, we need wind and solar. It's more sustainable. Sustainable for what? Certainly not your style of living. And of course, it's all based on a lie man-made climate change, all based on a lie. They won't even talk about nuclear, which could potentially replace that, but they won't even talk about nuclear. No, they tell you wind and solar is the option. Wind and solar could barely even power a single city like Houston or Dallas or Austin or San Antonio, let alone the whole state. And then we have a 15-degree day and they say the power grid can't handle it, and they want to get rid of 90% of the power source, which is coal and natural gas. Well, you must be an idiot or have a suicide wish. And then there's the electric vehicles. 
Ooh. Ooh. Arctic blast leaves many electric vehicle drivers stranded as batteries drain faster, charge slower. It's a disaster. Public charging stations turn into electric car graveyards in Chicago. Look, if you want to get an electric vehicle, go ahead. It's a free market country. But if you really think that electric vehicles are the answer or sustainable, sorry, they're not. Keep dreaming, though. Keep fighting the man-made climate change because your corporate media propaganda and corporate government propaganda tells you to. Be a good lemming. Walk off the cliff. Just walk right off that cliff. All right, not sure we're going to get Trump before we sign off here today, but we'll monitor that. We got some other news to pile drive through. Again, I mentioned this yesterday. It needs to be a bigger story. Google co-founder Sergey Brin and ex-wife visited Epstein pedophile island, according to new documents. Okay, well, I don't need to jump to any conclusions about them, but I think they need to, Congress needs to subpoena, the FBI needs to subpoena Google immediately and find out if they were censoring the Epstein stories because it would appear that there might be some self-interest in that. So was Google censoring the Epstein stories for their own protection or for some of their friends' protection after these latest documents? Makes you wonder. J. Crew pulls stores from San Francisco amid rising crime. Uh, yeah, pretty much every Democrat liberal city is engulfed in crime, and brick and mortar stores are leaving, if not being burned to the ground by Democrat voters before they can. Julie Kelly finds a major break in a Jack Smith charge against Donald Trump. Four judges on the D.C. appellate court just delivered a scorching smackdown of special counsel Jack Smith, or as deranged Jack Smith, as Trump puts it. Judge Beryl Howell and Florence Pan, for search of Trump's Twitter file, the special counsel approach obscured and bypassed any assertion of executive privilege and dodged the careful balance Congress struck in the Presidential Records Act rather than follow established precedent for the first time in American history, a court allowed access to presidential communications before any scrutiny of executive privilege. You know, they did the same thing with me, folks. You got to understand. Again, it's like Rachel Maddow says, oh, Trump's an extremist. He's an authoritarian. No, that's the Democrats. A judge, a magistrate judge in GC, D.C., you can plug in Judge Faruqi, Owen Schroyer, when the FBI indicted me, said, wait a second, you didn't follow the law. You didn't follow the parameters and the protocols. This is against precedent. This is the first time in American history it's been done to an American journalist. And they just do the same thing to Trump. They don't care. These are lawless criminals. They're the authoritarians that they're warning you about. They're the ones acting illegally. They're the insurrectionists. It's them. It's the left. It's Democrats. And so they sit here all day long and they point the finger at you. It's them. It's the, it's the purest form of projection that you could ever imagine. And it's them. But, but guys, pull that up. Pull that. Search Judge Faruqi, Owen Troyer. You'll find it. Washington Post everywhere. Judge questions FBI going after American journalists. They didn't follow the law. They don't care. They are the law. 
Just like Anthony Fauci says, I am the science. And he says, you know, wear a mask. Wear one on your ass. Said, oh, I, 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 I'm the Democrats. I am the law. I don't have to abide by the law. Yeah, there it is right there. Judge questions DOJ's media policy and Capitol riot case against InfoWars host. No, he didn't question it. He said, did you, did you follow the law here? And they just said, F you, we are the law. World Health Organization picks trans activists to set global child-rearing rules. Less than half of the panel has a medical background. Well, and I'm guessing that none of them have any kids either since they're trans. I think chopping off your male genitalia or, or uh, whatever you do to your female genitalia, plugging it up there to become trans, I'm pretty sure you can't get pregnant. So, so the World Health Organization picks trans activists who don't have kids or a medical background to set the global standard for child-rearing rules. Well, they probably want to rear your child, but uh, not in the way they're talking about here. So that's just some more clown world activity for you. Proof of perjury. Capitol police officer lied in Oath Keepers trial. January 6th videos reveal. Folks, there's so much lies in this. There was other lies that came out, like, the officer that shot Ashley Babbitt filed a false police report. I mean, it's just lies on top of lies on top of lies. And and I just happen to have some intimate knowledge of this because I was involved in a lot of this process, my, my lawyers in a lot of discovery. And that's what's so frustrating when you have people like the Krasensteins and Destiny who go on that debate with Alex Jones and they say, there's no video of cops waving people into the Capitol. There's multiple videos. There's no evidence that there were federal informants on the ground. Uh, they said in court cases that there were so many confidential informants on the ground that it'd be impossible to even count them. But, but they're just ignorant people that have arrogance and they don't realize how wrong they are. They don't realize how ignorant they are because they're so arrogant. And then they put it in textbooks. I don't know who sent this to Jack Posobiec, but he published it on his Twitter account. In history textbooks now, they cover... The attack on the Capitol. And it talks about how Trump supporters engaged in riot. But there's so many lies here. here here's, here's part of the section that he published. Someone should get this textbook if you can find it. On January 6th, 2021, Congress met to count the electoral votes and certify the winner of the presidential election. When Democrats lose, they try to stop that, by the way. As Democrats, as uh, members of Congress gathered for the count, tens of thousands of Trump supporters gathered for his rally in front of the White House. Uh, millions of Trump supporters were in D.C. that day. Millions, not tens of thousands, millions. At the rally, President Trump repeated his claims that he had won the election and that there had been enough fraudulent votes to swing the election to Biden. You know, I wonder if we won't see the the just undeniable proof as if we haven't already. The examples Trump cited were unsubstantiated, and many of these claims had already been proven to be false. Uh, they don't, but, but see, there's no evidence here. There's no citations here. They just claim it. And now they're publishing this in history textbooks. What else do they publish in history textbooks that is just an outright unmitigated lie? Maybe that uh, the coronavirus came from some bat soup. The coronavirus came from nature. It came from a lab. We all know that now. First reported right on here on InfoWars, by the way. Uh, now the Chinese are at it again. Chinese scientists create a mutant coronavirus strain that attacks the brain and has 100% kill rate in mice. 
and they admit there's a risk it spills over to humans. Nice. 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 I wonder who's funding that. And then, of course, the vaccines they give you kill you. But we'll have more on that later. I, I want to give a shout out here before we sign off. Guys, do we have that info medal that I sent you? So this was sent to me. An individual makes heavy metal music, which which I am uh, particularly uh, fond of. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm actually a little jealous because he takes Alex Jones segments and rants and puts it to heavy metal music. I kind of wish I had somebody doing that for me because this is pretty awesome. Here's Info Metal, and and we'll put the YouTube channel up. Uh, but but here's a little taste of Info Metal. G guys, go ahead and roll it. Info Metal Liberal. Uh, scroll down so I can see the channel name here. Josh Steffen. Great stuff, Josh. Info Metal. Very talented. All right, Donald Trump takes the stage now. They probably won't cover it on the mainstream news. So you'll have to go find it on the independent media. That does it for me today. We take a 21-hour break, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. You stay classy, Info Warriors. Works lie to you about what's happening now. InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and support the InfoWars. I actually feel sorry for the establishment. They're inbred. They were given the power they have. They're incompetent scum. Look at Lloyd Austin. And I remember when they stole the election in 2020, they told us we should never question another election again. But isn't that all Democrats have ever done? And isn't that what Hillary Clinton claimed Trump was gonna do in 2020? She did that because she was butthurt. She did that because they printed up hundreds of thousands of copies of this Newsweek edition, it's the actual magazine framed in here, with her the supposed 45th president of the United States. These people are a joke. They still think corporate media is important. Let's show folks an overhead shot of that. They, they still think being in the New York Times or on CNN is important. 
CNN has an average of 100,000 viewers. Their top show has 100,000. Joe Rogan has 30, 40, 50 million viewers a week conservatively. So do we. But why do we still see them, even myself, at some levels as the establishment, as the top of the game? They're not. They're a joke. They're a fraud. Before I shot this report, I saw this Time Magazine article. Who reads Time Magazine? Who looks at this? Who believes this? I bet the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, will show a close shot of that. I bet he has this framed on his wall. The last place I'd want to be is on the cover of Time Magazine. It means you're an establishment loser or worse. The last place I want to be is in a Hollywood movie. The power structure is a joke. It's over. It's a fraud. So look at this. Just like they're trying to hold up Blinken, they tried to hold up Hillary Clinton. So I remind myself and I remind you of what a joke and what a fraud they are. And the fact that all their attempts to silence us and to silence you have failed. And now the whole world is listening to what we're doing. And that credit goes to God and God through you, the viewers and listeners. You deserve the credit for this broadcast. You deserve the credit for what we've been able to do. But I want to encourage you to remember how important you are and that we're starting to win. But if you don't support the broadcast, we can fail. I need your support. I've got so many great plans we can execute. I've proven I'm in the game. I don't back down. We have victory in a bottle. Thanks to God. Thanks to your support. But I need you to make the decision, those of you on the fence that have never gone to InfoWarsStore.com, to support the broadcast. We know some of the viewers go there. They're great people and we thank them. But what about all of you that have never gone to the site? Just like our information is powerful, don't you want to experience the supplements I'm promoting? Don't you want to see for yourself whether they're good or not? Because I know if you try them, you're going to love them. Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus supercharge the cells. Incredible energy. So good for your whole body. Immune system. They're 50% off right now. What's the name of the special I gave it? It's the Supercharge Special. 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Even though both of them are selling out, I want you to experience them, see how great they are, and go, wow, just like his info, his products are amazing, and then become a regular customer so we get stronger together and move into the future. Go to InfoWarsStore.com, take advantage of the special, Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, 50% off together in this special. We are the future, you are the future, and I thank you all for your support.